Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Chartable Radio. My name is Aaron Dowd, and I'm joined this week by Chartable's co-founder and CEO, Dave Zorab, and Caro Chaklasian, our chief operating officer here at Chartable. In this episode, we play a game of podcast trivia using data and trends we saw in content and listening behavior in 2020, and then share some predictions and hopes for what will happen for podcasters and the podcasting industry in 2021. Be sure to also check out Dave's 2020 Year in Review blog post for more insights and some sweet, sweet graphics. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Thank you. So I'm thinking that we start with some questions, Dave. I like this. You you posted these questions in our Slack channel uh, last month, and it was it turned into a fun little like test your knowledge about uh, about podcasting in 2020. So I wanted to to pose pose the questions you posed to our listeners to to kind of test their knowledge. All right. Uh, so there's so there's five questions that we have benchmarks for. Dave knows all the answers. Uh, so we want we want to ask you and and uh, see if you can guess. Caro and I both uh, both guessed. I think we we got maybe got some of them right, some of them wrong. Uh, anyways, to get into the questions, uh, first question: How many new podcasts were released uh, in 2020? And that's podcasts that released one episode, at least one episode. Number two: What was the most reviewed podcast? in 2020. So the podcast with the most reviews. Uh, Dave, is that is that Apple podcast reviews? Yeah, that's the only one that has reviews at this point. I think Stitcher took them out. So, Right. Got it. Um, number three, what was the most popular genre for new podcasts in 2020? Number four, which language grew the most in podcasting from 2019 to 2020? And finally, number five, which podcast charted in the most countries on Apple Podcasts in 2020? All right. Now, Caro, do you remember any of your answers for, for these questions? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been a long one for me. Um, do you want to play this game right now? Yeah. Off the top yeah, of your head? yeah, for sure. So question number one was, mm-hmm. uh, how many new podcasts came out in 2020? I think okay. I went... I was I was being uh, I thought I was being uh, a little outlandish and not conservative with my thought, but I think I said like uh, five hundred thousand right. um, or so, and uh, that's too few. Yeah, too exactly. Few. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of last year, uh, longtime charitable listeners and/or blog readers will know that I did a similar thing, and. Um, I had found around just under 300,000 podcasts at that point. It turns out by crawling more of the web, uh, there, were ju- there were around 320,000 released in 2019. And what I've found so far for podcasts released in 2020, 885,000. 885,000. Yeah. And then that's like, you know, that's slightly misleading in some ways because a lot of these are really just a single episode, but that's still... Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, you know, it's compared to the same metric in 2019. So it's massive growth. That's um, so wild. <laughs> it's like, uh, so I, I, I mean, like, uh, I wish, cause it's like in my head, the first thing is like, uh, uh, how many are coming from one individual? Cause it's like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like individual citizens, right? So what was the number? Yeah. 850? 885,000. 
Yeah, it's like so ridiculous. It's a lot. So it's it's a yeah, lot. So four hundred thousand people on Earth made a new podcast, like, and that's just I don't know me just going half right. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, and you know a lot of this honestly is driven by Anchor. Um, mm. You know they were acquired by Spotify uh, in 2019, um, and they've just made it. They've become the de facto you know free way to make a podcast. There are other folks that have got, you know, released completely free plans, Red Circle and Buzzsprout being the ones that come to mind, uh, where you can really just start a podcast without putting down a credit card or anything. But that's still like massive growth uh, year to year. And I I bet as, you know, our crawlers keep poking around the web and looking for more podcasts, they're going to find more. We'll probably end up closer to a million. Yeah. So then the question I'm curious in, uh, about is how many of those podcasts released one episode and then... Uh, didn't release any more. A good chunk. Uh, the numbers a that we saw chunk. on Anchor previously were that like 20% of podcasts release more than one episode that start on Anchor. Um, and that just goes to show you a lot of them are just probably kicking the tires. It's like, you know, you know, the three of us could go and, you know, start an Anchor pod, call in and try it out. And that's that. And that counts as a podcast, right? It's an RSS feed. It has an MP3 in it, right? Uh, but that's not the same as what we think of when we think of and Wondery or iHeart or whatever podcast where there's pros behind uh, the mixing board and whether it's a limited series or a, you know, ongoing chat show, it's a pretty different thing. All right. Uh, so predictions for, for 2021, more new podcasts. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to go from uh, 885,000 to like 1.4 million new Wild. shows in, in 2021. That's not uh, even 2x though, right? So, yeah, not quite 2x. I would say 2x is conservative. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean if we're going by the this. same numbers, like there's going to be somebody else that makes it really easy to do a free show and they're going to unlock more people. You know, a lot of this stuff is international, which is something we'll get to shortly. Um, mm. There's so many people in the world, Caro. You can't see him, listeners, but he has a grimace on his face. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems uh, well. I guess again, it's 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 anchor, right? And it's the whole like. Of course, we can make a podcast, man. Like, uh, get yeah. out the cell phones, put on the uh, memo app, and uh, let's get rocking and rolling. So, I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm I'm just gonna say maybe perhaps a, a cool million, another mil, uh, cool will get mil. generated. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, to your point, I mean, you don't know what's going to come out. I mean, what if there's like another massive hit show, right? That uh, cap makes the next serial, right? Right, like some sort of weird, like uh, yeah, like a quarantine, like in your home podcast that inspires everyone to uh, make some sort of audio clip. But super interesting. I'm going to go with the mill in 2021. All right, locking it in. Final answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll revisit next year. All right. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, to number two. Question number two. What is the most reviewed podcast in 2020? Uh, I actually pulled up our threads. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Both Caro and I thought it was call. Well, we said call your daddy, but I think it's call uh, her daddy. Call her daddy. Yes. Which I, I feel like is a really good there. guess. And in fact, depending on how you count maybe the correct guess. So the, the actual correct one is Crime Junkie, um, yeah. 
which like generated some controversy. There's like a plagiarism quote unquote mm. scandal, which probably did not register outside of podcast nerd circles. But anyone listening to this show knows what I'm talking about. Um, podcast nerds. And uh, but there's so call her daddy is, comes in at number five with just over eight thousand reviews. But Wild. Sophia with an F, which is one of the hosts original host spinout shows, has ten thousand ten and a half thousand reviews. So if you add up call her daddy and Sophia with an F, hmm. that would be number one. But that's not. I mean, it's not yeah. number one, but right. it's close. So what was the number two? Uh, the number two seems to be some kind of weird Twitter influencer, perhaps a scammer who was giving away money on Twitter to his followers, created a podcast. It's called The Pulte Podcast, released like two episodes and hasn't dropped <laughs> anything else. But Wild. he has 13,000 reviews uh, of people saying that they want money, essentially. <laughs> so if you're wondering how to grow your show. Yeah. yeah, right. I would like right. to remind people that, that podcast reviews do not necessarily contribute to the longevity of a podcast. That's right. That's right. And this is like a, you know probably the best example in history. 13,000 reviews is a crazy number of reviews. The dude put out one show. It was seven minutes long. That's it. All right. <laughs> I do not recommend move. listening, but <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Uh, let's move on to uh, to number three. Unless you guys want to make some predictions about which shows, I don't even think you can make predictions about which shows are going to be most reviewed in twenty twenty one. More influencers. Gosh. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to bet. It's on all. I mean, influencers are going to own. Yeah, I'm going to bet on if there is a, another top-reviewed show. I mean, it's controversy, right? If we see the list, right? Even Crime Junkie has controversy associated. Uh, number three uh, and number five, shout-out to number four, Small Town Murder, fourth-largest review podcast of 2020. But, yeah, I think it's going to have to be some sort of an influencer. I don't know who else get into the space, but... Uh, controversy is a good... That's a good point. That's It, it generates a lot of... Uh, a lot of reviews. Well, there's also no bad, way in podcasting to like actually leave any feedback for creators, right? So it's like if you mm. look at, for example, like Rogan got a bunch of reviews towards the end of 2020 because Spotify took all the shows behind the paywall, and people are just leaving reviews saying, "Hey, where did the show go?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> Again, because they have no other podcast. way to like right. do. They have, right. they need an outlet. They're feeling frustrated. They open up their Apple Podcast app, and it's not there anymore, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. I need my Rogan. <laughs> Number three, what is what uh, what is or what was the most popular podcast genre for new podcasts in 2020? And it looks like uh, my guess was society and culture. Caro guessed society and culture as well. Dave, I feel like that would be the obvious guess. Like it's like if you know podcasts like that is um, where a lot of shows end up. Whether it's a personal journal or a true crime show, that like that's where those shows used to end up. Uh, I was surprised at that. The real answer, which is education. Mm. Um, so it might be a coronavirus thing where a bunch of people are doing some self-helpy stuff at home. Hard to say. Um, but it, it beat, beat out the other genres by a fair amount. Uh, so, you know, the, the top five are education, society and culture, arts, business, and religion and spirituality. So maybe this is a, a Corona bump. We'll see what happens. Uh, 2021. Um, and the, again, this is like new podcasts that released their first episode in 2020. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm thinking if, if we can make some predictions for, for 2021, I'm going to go with education as well, actually. It kind of makes sense to me. It also serves as kind of like a catch-all for, for a lot of podcasts, like a lot of people talking and, and you know talking about things they care about, sharing their knowledge, things like that. It all kind of falls under that bigger umbrella of education. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll continue to see that, that trend in uh, 2021. Yeah, and it, it fits with this trend towards um, online courses, uh, sites like Teachable and Podia and uh, all the others out there. There's a, a lot of different ways to monetize um, creator content, and um, a lot of that falls under the kind of education or business type categories. Makes sense. I learned most of what I know from podcasts. <laughs> That's great. For, for better or worse. For better or for worse. Would, <laughs> would you say it's for better or for worse? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'd say it's for better. I, okay. I I got to learn a lot from from. I just I I love that kind of anyone can start a show and and talk about something that they're passionate about. I just I love that. It's great. Caro, any predictions? Anything to add there? It's going to be society and culture. I think, uh, and I think there's, and it, it sucks that it's such a broad definition, but I suspect there's going to be a pretty huge push in 2021 with making content around um, people of color. Right. I always find it a little weird to, to like say it's its own genre, right? Because it makes it seem like people of color are like not part of any established genre, right? So, so, uh, I think it's going to be lumped into, uh, society and culture. But I think, yeah, probably more stories from a diverse point of view. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how long this COVID thing keeps going. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if more educators are like, okay, cool. I could just, uh, make a career out of this and just continue to add to the education genre. Lots of people moving online for sure. All right, let's go to number four, which, uh, which language grew the most from 2019 to 2020. Uh, and this was for, for new podcasts. Is that right? Or overall podcasts, uh, new podcasts, new podcasts. Got it. Uh, and my guess was Spanish. Caro's guess was Portuguese. Dave? The real answer is, bum, 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 it's Hindi uh, by a long shot. So the top top five here, uh, Portuguese and Spanish are both in the top five. Number one, Hindi. Uh, there's 14, acts, 14 times more new podcasts in Hindi in 2020 than there were the previous year. Uh, number two, Chinese. Number three, Portuguese. Number four, Indonesian. And number five, Spanish. Wow. Which is all super interesting. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, I don't have a ton of exposure to the Hindi or Indonesian podcast markets. Uh, they're not something I see when I open my apps. Um, but it, that growth in creators is like pretty impressive. And just for comparison, uh, there were just under 2x as many English language podcasts in 2020 as there were in 2019. So a lot of the growth last year in 2020 was in non-English podcasts. Just under half of new podcasts were not in English. That makes me wonder, and I don't know if you have this information. Do we know where the majority of of downloads happened? Yeah, so we have some data on that. I was just pointed today. Um, hmm. So Chartable's data set of downloads comes from our RSS feed integration, uh, which mm-hmm. is pretty heavily biased towards um, U.S. based publishers. However, uh, there's Got a it. comparison which I think is interesting, which is to see which countries had the most growth in listeners from uh you know during the year mm-hmm. and the number one is like a little bit of a special case it's actually taiwan we saw like way more downloads in taiwan uh this year than previously and that's mostly because there's a taiwanese 
hosting provider that did a special integration with Chartable. So it's not really like a, a fair comparison. Uh, if you exclude that, um, the, the biggest listener growth is in Turkey and then Italy, Peru, Bangladesh, China. Um, and so you're kind of hitting a lot of those notes that we had just talked about. Like Brazil is in the top 20. Um, a lot of Spanish language countries in the top 20. Um, so seeing listener growth reflected in our data set is interesting too. Um, again, like because that Taiwanese host coming on to Chartable increased our visibility into what's happening in Taiwan in such a dramatic way, um, podcasts are a funky thing because they're so decentralized. Like maybe there's a Turkish language podcast host that we don't know about that if we had a Chartable integration with them, we would see 40x more Turkish language downloads or uh, you know, similar for a lot of these other countries in different languages. It's something that, you know, it's really hard to have true insight on because uh, there's, you know, there's no central arbiter here. Makes sense. Caro, any thoughts there? Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, very much how there's a huge amount of new podcasts out there because there's a hosting provider that's free. I'm just curious you know, what are the major hosting providers in these different regions or, you know, what kind of like a phase of the market they're in? Um, you know, if it's all coming from Buzzsprout, right, or if it is Anchor, right, and, and Spotify's like determination to be international, um, and that's that's what's causing this spike. So super interesting. And I wonder what the hosting platform strategy is to uh, capture these new downloads uh, in these different regions. Yeah, Spotify was pushing a uh, narrative that um, Anchor is responsible for the push in Indonesia, uh, for the growth in Indonesia. So I don't know how many languages Anchor is localized into, but it's pretty interesting uh, that a single product can like change the audio landscape of a country that dramatically. Yeah. Yeah, I could see m massive changes coming from a, from a product like that, available for free. Anyone can jump on, get a, get a voice out to anyone in the world. It's... Um, yeah, the implications are, are pretty wild. Awesome. Uh, okay, number five. Which podcast charted in the most countries on Apple Podcast in 2020? Caro, your guess. Do you remember? I don't. What did uh, <laughs> yeah, I have it? I I might have said some sort of true crime show. Did I? No. No. <laughs> uh, so so Carl guessed the daily. The daily, which is a fair a, a fair guess too. Uh, a lot of myself and a lot of the chartable team guessed Joe Rogan. Uh, even I guess even with the the switch. When did that switch happen? Was it November? It was in December. Over to Spotify, mm -hmm. December. Yeah. Yeah. So we guessed Joe Rogan, and uh, I, we were in for a surprise. Yeah. So the the answer is Charlie and Dixie. Colon. Who? <laughs> Two Chicks, uh, which is a podcast from Rambler. Is that right? Ramble? Um, Ramble, yeah, yeah. It's Cadence 13. Uh, yeah, so, so they work with their influencers, right? Massive TikTok influencers. Wow. Uh, ginormous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not qualified to speak about that other than to note that <laughs> um, there's another uh, influencer at number three on the list, uh, Waveform. Uh, and there's some expected stuff. There's like news from the BBC and TED Talks Daily and the NPR coronavirus update, CNN coronavirus update. Joe Rogan is on there and, and Wondery's Business Wars comes in at number 10. Good job, Wondery. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the Daily's not there, which I found sort of surprising. So it must just be a super US heavy thing. Um, or at least like 
doesn't have quite the same global reach. It made sense that the BBC Global News Podcast has global in the title, uh, is globally focused, and therefore maybe reaches a different kind of audience. That makes me, I don't know, that, that kind of makes me excited about the future of podcasting where, you know, people outside of of the little podcasting bubble, I mean, it's not so little anymore, but for a while it was kind of a very certain type of person listened to and created podcasts. Uh, to Carl's earlier point, uh, I feel like we're we're going to see a lot more diverse voices uh, jumping in and taking over the charts and and, uh, and charting worldwide. And that's I don't know. That's that's pretty exciting to me. It's like yeah. the show that I've the show that I've never heard of personally before now, worldwide. It's cool, very cool. And of course, um, you know, to borrow Carl's, then controversy also drives traffic. And so I don't know if you want to call COVID controversy. It wasn't in March. It maybe is now. You know, two of the top charting worldwide podcasts are COVID related. And that mm-hmm. just shows how like listening, you know, listening changed pretty dramatically in March. And, you know, it, uh, there was a drop and it came back pretty quickly. Um, but also what people listen to changed that the news focus of podcasts increased significantly for a few months. Um, and that's, I think, what led to this kind of like global reach of these news podcasts. Makes sense. Okay. So if anyone got all of those answers correct, what uh, what do they win? What prize are we going to send? Uh, just email jobs at chartable.com with your resume. <laughs> and then tell me how you hacked my uh, my document here with the... Uh... <laughs> just awesome. kidding. Uh, yeah, if you did get some good answers, uh, you know, or if you have other thoughts, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear. All right, let's get on to some uh, some more predictions for 2021. I think uh, I think both of you had a a, a little bit of uh, some a few predictions to share. So I'm going to let you take it away, uh, Dave. Where do you want to start? Um, I I had put together a few predictions for a post that the folks the fine folks at Pacific Content put together every year. So the the big one, I guess there's three that I'll point out. There's one is consolidation. We saw a ton of deals on both the content and tech side in 2019 and 2020 expect the same thing to happen. The big move was Amazon buying Wondery at the end of last year, officially. Um, and that signals that Amazon is here to stay in this market, that they are playing this game to win. They're putting hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> uh, towards that goal. I doubt it's the only money they're going to put towards that goal. And I doubt they would do it if they were not, they're not very serious about uh, making an impact in this space. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, you know, I expect to see additional acquirers come into the space. If I were a content creator, I imagine uh, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one would be super exciting. <laughs> uh, that would bring a lot of folks knocking on the door. Another thing I'll note uh, is that there's going to be because there's so many folks coming in uh, and buying content. There's going to be a lot of pressure between closed and open systems. Like I talked about the openness of the podcast ecosystem earlier, and I talked about it all the time, probably. But a lot of this content that gets bought, uh, some of it might end up. Uh, you know, behind a paywall or only available on a certain app, we're going to end up in a very different world than we have had in podcasting up until recently, which is that most content is available on most apps. That will not be the case going forward. And the folks that want to continue growing the open ecosystem that has served us so well uh, from 2004 till now, uh, we're going to have a lot of work to do to make that enticing both for creators and listeners and for advertisers. Uh, and then finally, there's going to be continued uh, work to be done on privacy. Uh, the privacy train, having left the station years ago with GDPR, uh, continues to gain speed. There's new regulations, new expectations. 
And uh, I don't think it's going away. Uh, I don't think it's going anywhere. And so there's a lot that we have to think about, uh, you know, from the perspective of the open ecosystem about how we address uh, listener privacy issues and and also how we continue to innovate to make sure that all the advertising dollars and innovation doesn't just go behind closed doors. So those are my three. Consolidation, closed versus open, and uh, you know, continued importance of privacy. Cara, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on on both those and, and anything else you're thinking about for 2021. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of my answers are going to mirror what Dave said. Um, the one I'm pretty bullish on is um, we are going to see even more of closeness of the ecosystem. Um, I think the idea of uh, podcasts being open is probably going to fade away or it's going to be one where there's just so many ads and it's such an uncomfortable experience uh, that it's 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 not really worth it, right? Like there's no doubt in my mind that uh, essentially like a strategy um, that's going to be pretty pretty visible for most content, like serious content publishers is um, that there's going to be like a closed RSS feed and there's going to be an open RSS feed. And even outside of kind of like, you know, the Amazon, Spotify, et cetera, um, we already see this behavior with with users and Patreon, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's just going to be accelerated even more. I think um, the idea of, uh, of the open RSS is is merely just going to be a way to capture traffic to drive to a private RSS feed, and I think we're going to see that um, a lot. I mean, uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, so that's for sure going to happen. Pretty confident in that. I think um, the concept of privacy and fraud is going to be pretty big. Um, and what I mean by fraud is like, what is a download? Um, even like attribution fraud, right? Where we are in the, the attribution business, right? Um, and and uh, there's going to be even more questions of like, well, you're telling me that this acquisition occurred, right? Um, but I don't believe you. And I don't think that's unique to our space. I think acquisition and, and misguiding acquisition is, is, just, is just something a marketer deals with, right? Um, but I think those questions are going to be very much at the forefront in our industry since it's so early today. Um, and uh, I think privacy, like what does it mean to, to opt out um, from from any sort of uh, tracking, right? What does it mean to like not hear a specific ad um, via an app? Uh, are you driven to a website where you could opt out? Um, is there uh, uh, an additional tag on a prefix that you could apply that uh, sends like a do not block signal uh, to anyone that's requesting a ping from your RSS? I don't know, but I think that's going to be something folks are going to think about. Um, I I don't I don't really see something like that really. Coming into play till like Q3, Q4 of 2021. Um, but there's going to be like uh, chit chats about it in Q2, like, oh, what could we do about it? And I don't really think a product will be out in the marketplace till the end of the year. But uh, those are those are the main three, right? It's it's I think open ecosystem is is going to fade away, or it's just going to be very uncomfortable for listeners and uh, privacy, um, and then kind of fraudulence around download and um, sort of like ad attribution as well. Very cool. Yeah. So I, I have a th- I have a few thoughts. Uh, I've been thinking about this over the past few weeks. Yeah. 
the movement by Amazon into this space to acquire Wondery has really shifted, in, in my mind, has really shifted the future of podcasting. Last year, for me, it felt like Spotify had this incredible momentum. They were like, I, I didn't think they were going to necessarily take over podcasting, but I thought they really had like a, a great shot at becoming the big player, right? Like kind of owning everything. It's like, you have to be on Spotify. That's where um, like they, they kind of have control because it was mostly just Apple. It seems like it was mostly just Apple and Spotify. And now with Amazon jumping in and doing the things that they're going to do, it's, it's, it almost feels like there's not going to be one place where people go to listen to podcasts. Um, and I, th- I think that's a great thing. And I'm, I'm now very excited to see how, all of these, all of, you know, these three companies using their resources to to bring more attention to podcasting actually benefits podcast producers and podcast creators, and I think it's going to be nothing but a great thing uh, for everyone that uh, you know they're going to be it's like, hey, everyone, check out these podcasts, check out these podcasts that we got. I think that's great. And to to Carter, your point, the open ecosystem, uh, I think it, I, I, you know, I think you're right. It's going to be one of those things where. If you're a serious content producer, you're looking into, all right, you know, what's our plan for for monetizing this? I think going exclusive with uh, a company like Amazon or Apple, if they decide to, or Spotify is going to be very high up on the list of, of desirable things to do. You know, just like you see folks produce content for Netflix, for HBO, there's going to be this acquisition of really talented creators to these companies to produce exclusive shows. Uh, and I think that's going to that's going to be great. And I would also love to see a lot of the shows that I enjoy create like both an ad free paid version and uh, an ad supported version. Um, two of two of my favorite podcasts actually are paid podcasts. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see like just having this option is like okay, yeah, you got a paid Patreon style podcast. Um, and if you know if you're if you're if you can't afford that. There's a there's an ad supported version for uh, for you. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. I expect to see a lot more of that too. I'd like to see it, and I'm optimistic. Uh, and I just I hope that the tools continue to improve, the whole the hosting platforms continue to improve, the analytics continue to improve, and the opportunities just keep growing for people who want to create great podcasts. Amen. I love it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big year one way or the other, right? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we all we all have a pretty similar perspective in some ways because we all sit, you know, um, we're working at Chartable, we interact with a lot of different publishers. But uh, I think last year was actually ended up being a much more momentous year than I had expected. You know, I'll admit, and I think I've admitted already, to like freaking out when COVID hit and thinking about what it would do for the industry. But this this medium is so resilient um, that uh, you know the the growth that we've seen has been amazing. Uh, and, um, even though there's going to be all these kind of competing pressures, like the, the fact that, like you said, Aaron, there's so many folks, you know, all the Amazons and Spotify's are going to be directing listeners to their apps and hopefully discovering new shows. Um, I think it's going to be a great year. There, there are some scary things, you know, if more, if the open ecosystem goes away, I feel like there's going to be something special that's lost. It's one of the, you know, it's such a unique thing on the internet to have this, you know, decentralization. Uh, and you know, everybody hates to say how easy it is to start a podcast, but the truth is it is pretty easy. Uh, it is easy and, to start a podcast. Yeah. Easy to start a podcast, hard to make it good. Right. Um, but, uh, 
you know, that might change, you know, do you have to choose whether, oh, I'm only going to be on Spotify or only on Apple Music or only on uh, Amazon or whatever it is, right? So uh, it'll just be at different, different times. Or maybe people will cross-publish, who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I, I personally am going to predict that the open podcast ecosystem is not going to go anywhere. Uh, it's, it's going to, things are going to shift and change with, with all these platforms. But I, I think there are still, there's a lot of people where it just makes sense for them to maintain control over their show and have it go out to as many places that they want because they have their own business to promote. They're just doing it for fun. You know, um, yeah, I, I just see, uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't see RSS feeds as a form of delivery going away. I think too many too many hardcore podcast fans and listeners that have been here for, you know, the past five, 10 years just really love it and, uh, and how it works. And so I think it'll right. stick around. I love yeah, your I think you make a, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think you make a good point, right? I think it's really easy, especially for us to, you know, view everything from like a very big enterprisey point of view. Right. But I think you're absolutely right in that, you know, the general user, right. Kind of like full circle, those on anchor, even, you know, a stand-up comic, right? Like they're not, uh, they're not kind of getting into this thinking like, Oh man, the open ecosystem is going to close. I better like, uh, make my decision early on. Like they're just going to publish content because they just need to publish content. Right. And you know, if it's the easiest way is just going on anchor and clicking publish and that's what they're going to do. Right. Um, so, so I totally hear you, um, on that. And I think, uh, I think uh, that's that's uh, it's a good thing to note that you know not everybody lives in this like acquisition land <laughs> kind of big tech universe corporate podcast land yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. well I also note that like um, one of my favorite shows from 2020 was called My Year in Mensa it was by this uh, comedian uh, Jamie Loftus who she self published it on Anchor and ended up doing super well and I think that's exactly the kind of model that the kind of free, easy creator tool ecosystem is looking to create. Like YouTube doesn't charge you to post videos to it, and that's for a reason. Um, you know, they want people to upload all kinds of stuff. Uh, and Inter's goal was to enable folks to make stuff without pulling out their credit card, and I think that they've certainly achieved that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that changes or if there are new tools coming in or, you know, Descript just raised $30 million uh, for their, like, creation and editing tools for both podcasts and video. Is that going to change things? It's pretty crazy stuff, you know? So a lot of a lot of uh, innovation yet to come, I would say. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Whether or not you're in corporate podcasting, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any uh, Any closing thoughts before we head out? Anything we didn't talk about or cover? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Well, what yeah. about YouTube? Uh, you know, I think the concept of audio and visual from, uh, you know, corporate podcasts will become more at the forefront. Um, it's just another channel to distribute content from. And I think, uh, I think a lot of folks probably upload videos to YouTube thinking that they're publishing podcasts. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Or listen to podcasts on YouTube. Yeah. They don't have a podcast app. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, I think that's going to be a strategy for sure that we're going to see a lot more of in the coming year. Agree. Do you guys want to have a debate on if a, a, a video podcast on YouTube only is actually a podcast? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, who? 
I forgot. Sorry, folks, was, we don't have time. We're out of time. <laughs> I forgot who was I chatting with? Uh, like, uh, is it like to me an audiobook? Like, what's the difference between an audiobook and a podcast? It's really just like the format, right? But the distribution is pretty much the same. So I just think uh, kind of same idea there. It's uh, whatever the format of the content is, I guess, is really what the medium should be called as opposed to like how it's distributed. Yeah. So yeah. I think focusing uh, on distribution, like you get like a lot of those 900,000 new podcasts last year were church sermons, right? Which is not necessarily <laughs> what people think of when they think of podcasts. Right. It's right. like, is it, is it the RSS feed or is it the content? Right. And I think yeah, most people would say streaming a cartoon on Disney plus is watching TV. Right. Um, even though it's not technically television, right? Right. Right. Uh, right. And um, sorry, I opened that. That uh, no, yeah, that no. I just, it's just funny. <laughs> I like I like the audiobook thing too. It's like one of the best podcasts I listened to is an audiobook this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't think of it that differently either. It's like I'm choosing to listen to something while I'm walking around. Wait, uh, wait, wait. What? You, let's back up to that. One of the best podcasts you listened to this year was an audiobook. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never really was an audiobook person before, but I found a couple that I really liked and. Um, uh, cast oh, you're saying it. it felt like you listened to an audiobook and it felt like a podcast. Well, I mean, what Carlos is saying is that, like, what's the difference? Uh, you know, like, I don't care about the technical distinction between a, an audiobook and a podcast. Trust me, I understand what the distinction is, but like, yeah. they're they're solving the same job to be done for me, which yeah. is I want to have something in my ears while I'm walking and <laughs> or doing laundry or whatever. But for me, it's usually walking. And I found some wonderful things for my ears in Audible this year, you know. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, like I had this joke at Wondery. I was like, uh, the way we figure out our next show is we'll look at the uh, top twenty audiobooks and then just make a shortened version of like each one. <laughs> Carlos, like, there's your recipe. podcast. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you just gave away their most valuable secret. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think they're well past that point. But I mean, yeah. like. I mean, to me, a podcast, you know, disrupts the audiobook industry because an audiobook costs 30 something dollars, right? But I guess it's yeah. content isn't as rich. It's different, man. It's different. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Aaron, for getting us together to do this. Uh, listeners out there, if you got predictions for 2021, let us know. As long as the prediction is that podcasts are huge. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> Optimistic predictions only? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Send your predictions to podcast at chartable.com. Rock and roll. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, hey. Carol. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Hal. See you next time. Always find, find